at one point this season, the St. Louis Cardinals were 10 and 24. They since turned things around, came to Cleveland, and it was the Guardians who frustrated another team. Instead of the Guardians giving somebody else a chance to turn their season around, maybe they turned their season around. It was a stressful weekend, but it was a good Monday. The Guardians played one of their first stress-free games uh, in about two months. We hope you had a good Memorial Day weekend. Is that positive steps for the Cleveland Guardians? Are they heading in the right direction? We look at that and more in the first checkpoint of the Major League season on today's Locked On Guardians. You are Locked On Guardians, your daily podcast on the Cleveland Guardians, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the show. Today's show is brought to you by Bird Dogs. We love Bird Dogs. They're the most comfortable shorts I own. Check them out for yourself at birddogs.com. Over there is Justin. I am Jeff. As the show is going on, Justin and I have been going, having a lot of fun over with my good friends at Prospect Live with their MLB Draft mock machine. So I'm doing a mock in the background of this show. Uh, Cleveland Guardians first round. Matt Shaw goes one pick beforehand. Colton Ledbetter is who I took personally, if I was sitting there running it. Uh, good analytics, high-level production in the SEC. Uh, we're going to just have some fun with a team that has won three out of four, had their second victory of, um, what, more than three runs on Monday all year. And uh, Logan Allen is one sick, sick man uh, <laughs> in a good way. But we'll get into all of that on today's show. Justin, Listen, it was a weekend where I don't know if I've ever had a weekend that my team won a series where I spent more time being unhappy watching these games go back and forth and be frustrating and the offense be frustrating and the decisions be frustrating. And I think in these four games, did they have just one stolen base attempt as my under the hood complaining continues on that. But uh, th- listen, they're not one have won three out of four. Uh <laughs> process be darned right it's uh mm-hmm. it's nice to be able to talk about it i'm kidding with the process be darned there yeah jose ramirez had the only stolen base attempt on sunday got caught stealing. uh it was friday i'm sorry he got caught stealing and i was fine with that you know him getting caught there because they i mean that stinks but geez it was an opportunity they had to do it i mean yeah all weekend they didn't do a whole lot against st louis and i will say this for that is that they don't see St. Louis a lot. And I think some of their pitchers do a pretty good job of holding runners on. So it's one of those weird situations where it's hard. I think not that that should be an excuse because you have advanced scouts, you have coaches going over scouting reports before every series. So you should know, even if you don't see these guys a lot, you should know the tendencies. You should know, okay, this guy's home, home the first time is this, this guy's pop time is this. And then it's up to Sandy Elmar to get a read on the pitchers because he's usually pretty good at that. Uh, I don't want to harp on this too much. It is definitely, like you said, an under-the-hood issue. I did look this up because I was complaining on Sunday before the walk-off. Of course I was. Um, as I said, the Guardians just are not running. There was a situation on Sunday where it was uh, – it was, was it Jordan Hicks? Who I think was in the game late on Sunday. And – oh, yeah. No, it was, yeah, it was Jordan Hicks. And they didn't run, and he's super fast to play, and he holds runners on good. I did go back and check. Like, he has not had a lot of steals on him over the years. So I get it that 
it's all it's sometimes an issue, but the fact they aren't attempting as much. And I looked it up, someone said, Well, they're fourth in the major league in steals. And I was like, Okay, and then it was like 54 steals. They were fourth in the league. And they had more steals. They have more steals this year uh by Sundays, which was their 51st game of the year, than they did all of last year by the 51st game of the year. But 35 of those, it was 46 steals. 35 of those 46 steals um, came in April. Okay. So that means they have 11 steals in the month of May. And that's probably directly correlated to having an on-base percentage as a team below 300. Their on-base percentage in the month of May coming into Sunday and coming into Monday was like 290. So, you know, those things are probably directly correlated. We've talked about it so many times in this this show that I, I don't even know if I can keep saying it. Like, yes, they are probably... It is, it is paralysis because you aren't getting a lot of guys on base and you aren't trying to run into more outs. But this is the way this team has to win. So, yeah, they attempted one steal all weekend against the Cardinals. And, of course, it was Jose on Friday. Got thrown out, but they ended up winning that game. So, you know, who cares, right? But like you said, process be darned. Um, and Plante, who he stole it off or he got caught by, has a long arm action too. So it's like it was just a really good throw by Contreras. It was a really – uh, unfortunate string of things, but yeah, it was a frustrating, a frustrating series win against St. Louis. Like Bieber did not have great stuff. He walked four. He got, you know, he weaved, bobbed and weaved through some trouble. Classe had some issues. Then he got squeezed. They scored all the runs. In yeah. Playing and then- he had to get five. So I like, I texted Justin that night. Sorry. Interrupting everyone's favorite Mark on your bingo card. He uh, he gave five outs in that inning because Tommy Edmond, the first pitch was a strike that they called a ball, and he ended up having that. Was it a double off the wall? Or was it just a single? He hit the ball pretty hard. And then Nolan Gorman got four strikes. So yeah. he got squeezed. I, and the thing is, I mean, for all of Bieber's problems, uh, he got through it. And again, when it is the third time through the order, and we saw this in almost every game with St. Louis. They just need to have a guy up. Like Gaddis was great on Sunday. We'll talk about it. Yes, people will fixate on the negative there, but like Gaddis was really solid in general. And like you just can't put him through that order a third time. Like they need to have someone up every time it's a third time around. And boy, has NEL continued to look good this past four days, too. Yeah. And, and great to see him get more leverage opportunities. I mean, he yes. got a leverage, a leverage opportunity on uh Saturday in the loss, unfortunately they lost, but he pitched there Saturday. He pitched on Friday. He was the setup guy. And then he pitched again on Monday. So they have been using him a lot, which is what you want to see. You want to see him get, and the, and the velocity is held. He hasn't missed as many bats as he did last week when we, everybody first noticed that the velocity was way up, but they are trusting him more. That's good. You see the shift away from, from Karen Shack, which is good. I mean, he pitched on, uh, Saturday and he walked three and what a disaster that was. How about Sam Hentges Saturday, by the way? Uh, I, and I tweeted, I said, you know, he has been, this is not a good spot to put him in because he is still kind of, I'm not saying Hentges isn't good. I'm saying he was struggling because he's still getting back into pitching regularly. Cause it was only what his third or fourth appearance, I think. And you bring him into a no outs bases loaded situation. And the guy just walks straight through burning hot goals, gives you two innings. They had a chance to win Saturday. That Saturday was, Obviously, very frustrating because Jack Flaherty has walked, you know, half the planet this season. Um, has been fighting the media about talking about his fastball velocity because it's like down to ninety-one, and he's like, "I don't need it." Well, he didn't need it against Cleveland because this is the, how many times has it happened? Where this is why I, we're, we're sitting here being frustrated over three out of four. But yeah, how many times has it happened this year? Like, like Lance Lynn was pitching like crap. How many guys this year have pitched like crap 
And then they the Cleveland come, they they face Cleveland. It's like, oh, they're turned around. And, and Jack Flaherty, like I said, has walked half the planet this year. He walked one in seven innings on Saturday night. The Guardians had two hits, or they gave up two hits, I should say. And that was their third loss in franchise history when allowing two hits or fewer in extra innings. Uh, and the other ones were 1901 and 1977. So, like, that doesn't happen often. And I'm, I don't know what the record was in 1901, but I can assure you whatever it was in 1977 was not good. Um, so, like, you know. Yeah. Three, the the entire more, 70s were bad. So, we can just. Yeah. Save for, like, a year. So, yeah. The, so, like, yeah, they, they won two, two out of three against St. Louis. They're all one-run games. Again, more pressure pack games. And they really needed Sunday's walk-off wins. Xavion Curry gave them three innings out of the bullpen, which were great. I know he gave up a lot of hard contact, but he was fantastic. Like you said, Gaddis was was good until the fifth. And yeah, he is one of those guys where he cannot go a third time to the order. And even even Friday night, they let Bieber stay in too long. And they're lucky they didn't pay for it, but he he stayed in the seventh inning and he shouldn't have been uh in there as long as he did. And Stefan came in and didn't really have his best control and got bailed out. But you know, the weekend was frustrating as much as it was a win. Maybe Sunday can be a jumping off point. I hate to say like we're we're being negative and, and about three out of four because we shouldn't be because obviously Monday's win, which we need to get into, was much more important because the Orioles have been on fire and they came in and shut them down and spread it out finally for their first win by more than three runs since March 31st. But yeah, I mean, I hopefully, you know, those are games you do have to win. They've played a lot of one-run games, obviously. Um you know, Jose's walk-off win, hopefully it's a jumping-off point for them. They needed that win very badly. St. Louis had, had, like I said, had been turning things around. They were off to a bad start. They started turning things around. And normally, you know, that would be a team that comes to Cleveland not, not playing well and would frustrate Cleveland, and it was the other way around. Now, I see a lot of St. Louis fans that are very upset about that series right now, by the way, which, you know, could have gone either way. Ryan Helsley just had a bad day. He's a great pitcher, and he just did not have his control, and the Guardians took advantage. But Let's uh, let's kind of end the frustration points there. We do have one more. I know everyone's so tired of the Ahmed talks, but we do have one more thing to bring up about that. We've got to talk about the upcoming rotation moves, which we have a lot to say there. And let's talk about the Baltimore win in just a second. And our good friends at FanDuel are back. And... You want to make a fast break to FanDuel during the NBA playoffs? Because right now, new customers get a no-sweat first bet up to $2,500. The biggest one they have said. That's $2,500 back in bonus bets. Your first bet doesn't win. There's no better place to bet all the playoff action than America's number one sports book. Visit FanDuel.com slash MLB and get a no-sweat first bet up to $2,500. That's FanDuel.com slash MLB. FanDuel, official sports betting partner of the NBA. And then don't forget, on Tuesday night at 7 o'clock, you can check out the Guardians and Orioles on your SiriusXM app with uh, Tom Hamilton and Jim Rosenhouse on the hometown call. Just search Guardians. All right, Jeff. So Monday is when much, much better because obviously uh, the Orioles have been playing very well. They I, I heard on the broadcast they went 13-9 and nine on a stretch – against like some like it was Atlanta, Tampa Bay. It was a bunch of really good teams. They won 13 and 9 on that stretch. And they've just played really well all season. I know Gunnar Henderson's off been off to a bad start for them. Obviously, 
and he didn't play on Sunday, but or Monday, I should say. But man, they I don't want to say everything's fixed and everything's good now, right? Because it's not, but like some of those some of those hits they got that won the game for them, um, found holes late in the game. And we're still questioning whether or not that, that's sustainable, if that's a process moving forward that's going to happen for them. But it felt like a 2022 Guardians game, right? Like they found – they ran the bases aggressively. I know, I know Ahmed made an error throwing the ball. What it, it is what it is. But Gabby Arias was great defensively. Logan Allen was great. The bullpen was good. They, <clears throat> they did run the, – they didn't steal a base, but they ran the bases hard. They took extra bases on on hits. They moved up. They they tagged <clears throat> tagged up from third on the uh, the sack fly from Cam Gallagher. Like it felt like a 2022 Guardians win. You know, you just hope some of those hits they put in play found holes like they do. That's that's the only questionable thing is we're still trying to figure out if that is a sustainable approach. Yes, and you know it was it was the frustration of like they they were able to win. Um, you know, but, I mean it's like. Maybe not it. I don't know how much I want to put in today's game uh, into that mix, but specifically those weekend games being so close, where it's like I mean, either team could have easily swept the either team. Like those were mm-hmm. those games, and it's just the number of times was it like Sunday or maybe Saturday's game where they just got base runners on, and we saw that approach fail. It's like we saw it be successful, we also saw it fail repeatedly. Um, you know, this team, and that's why, again, they need to be running like the hair is on fire because if you're not going to hit for power, you need to find ways to right. push the envelope. And we've seen catchers not be good with the new rules. So make them make bad throws, have them, you know, force, you need to force the ticket, force the issue here. Um, so, yeah, I, again, you know, I, I'm very happy that they took three out of four of these last ones because it's been, listen, it's been dark times. We had some fun on Friday discussing all the gloom and doom. Uh, side note, I had to restart that mock. And now is Matt Shaw in the first? Um, oh, shoot. I, I totally forgot my second, uh, third round. Uh, and I'm blanking on the rest. So I'll, I'll, I'll loop back in because we don't want dead air here. But uh, yeah, just, just for some fun draft stuff in the background as I discuss uh, general view with this team. But it's, you know, we're sitting there just, I think we're all very desperate for them to do something, right? Like that is the whole point. Uh, Max Anderson in the second, Mitch Jeb with the comp B pick, and Joe Whitman in the third. I'm going college heavy here, but all mm-hmm. no shock. logical types. Um, I mean, they had seven hits on Friday, which, you know, it, okay, yeah. whatever. They had eight on Saturday. They should have won Saturday's game. Yeah. Which is so that's a, just so couldn't, frustrating. Couldn't and I know people across. I know people are going to get mad like about the process too. Like David Fry's catching late in the game there. That's to me, that's a failure in the organization that David yeah. Fry was catching there. People are going to blame him. He Agreed. should not have been in there. Like no. a, you're not, he has never caught most of these guys that he's catching. Like he didn't catch. He was catching uh Sandlin. I don't, I, I mean, outside of spring training, he probably hadn't caught Sandlin very often. No. And he didn't catch a game in Columbus this year. He only has caught at the big league level late in the game. So and you're he's barely a, caught in general over the past few years too. Like with Cleveland, not, especially yeah. the last two years, he's barely caught. So you're putting them in there in a high stress situation to get with with the runner on second and extra innings with Sandlin, a guy he's never pitched, never really caught, who didn't have good control obviously because he was throwing the ball all over the place. And <clears throat> you're just you haven't let him catch much this year. That that's an organizational fail. That's not on David Fry. Is he a great defender back there? No, he's probably not, but that's an organizational failure to put him in back there. That's a game they should have won. The only reason Friday was close, obviously, is because um, they had a couple sack flies on Friday, and then 
things got tight in the, in the ninth inning with weird class stuff. A had five outs yeah. in the ninth. <laughs> so that game shouldn't have been as close, but it was still no. going to be a three run game no matter what. But yeah, so Sunday, <clears throat> or I should say Monday, they they spread it out late in the game. Like I said, they they took the extra base on some hits in the outfield and Oquan and, and Jose, especially. Hey, well, good game for Will Brennan. Like, God, he needed that. Two doubles yeah. and a single, three hits for him. That was fantastic to see. Logan Allen, obviously. Logan Allen, that was probably, I don't want to steal what you want to say, but that was easily his best performance of the year. I mean, 19 swings and misses, uh, five on the fastball, five on the changeup, seven on the sweeper. This is two on the cutter. I don't really know if he, I mean, he. I guess he probably does have a cutter, but it's not exactly a, I don't know. He changes between the, the, the fastball or the slider, the, the sweeper. He can manipulate it. So every pitch he threw on Monday was great. I mean, Cam Gallagher bailed him out after the leadoff walk to Mullins. Threw a runner out at second. That kept things going easy. And from there, he just kind of cruised. I mean, he was just fantastic. Gabby Arias played great defense behind him multiple times at third base. Uh, he didn't have a hit on – Monday, but he did have a walk, so that's good to see for a guy that you know hasn't always had the best approach. He continues to just find ways to get on base and do good things. I mean, he walked on what Friday, I think. He, I feel like he reached base in every game. He didn't. He didn't wrong. play on. He came in late in the game on every game he started. Day. He reached base in. I could be wrong about that. Uh, yeah, like he got a hit on on Sunday as yeah. well. So he's you know, Hey, you reach base one out of four times. I'm willing to take that. You know, it's like, you yeah. want more. Especially but... wherever he's playing defense. He did like... have one ball in right field on Friday night where he misjudged it and it fell in front of him. Like he got but... a bad read, but other than that, defensively in right field, he's been he's fine. Been really good. I feel yeah. like. like his, his arm is a weapon in right field. Yeah. So, okay. So Memorial day is kind of the first checkpoint of the season. So the guardians, because the twins had a miraculous comeback against the Astros on Monday, uh, you know, unfortunately, the Guardians are three and a half back to the Central Division, and I think we understand the goal here is not to win the American League Central. There's a bigger goal they need to have after last season. Um, unfortunately, with with how the season has unfolded so far, I don't want to say like I'm not I'm not feeling good about three out of four, especially when you. The Cardinals haven't been that great this year, but they still have a lot of good players, and that's a great lineup, right? The Cardinals are a good team. I think they'll figure it out. I think the best team on paper in that division, and the NL Central stinks as well right now, <clears throat> and they beat the Orioles. We'll see what happens the rest of the series. I don't want to sit here and say, like, you know, I'm, I'm not I'm not feeling good about three out of four because you should. This is a, probably the best stretch of baseball they've had in terms of winning since – what the first two series of the year between Oakland and Seattle, like it's and gonna, one it's, of those was against a team that isn't really a major league team let's that has it. eleven wins. Yeah, they're awful. Yeah, so this is probably their best stretch they've had. Like you know, remember we thought the Washington series was going to be their turnaround point, right? And then it wasn't. Like we've been looking for points all year. Okay, this is this is where you're starting to see some good signs and they're moving in the right direction. So I think we need to see it for a longer period of time. Like. You get in the playoffs, anything can happen. The pitching, the way it's going right now, we're going to talk about the rotation. I think you feel good about your pitching rotation in the playoffs. Like last year going into the end of the postseason, it was Bieber McKenzie, and you're like, okay, the third pitcher, I don't know, Cal Quantrill, not exactly the guy you want in a playoff no. series, especially <laughs> twice. But right now, you know, I don't care who starts game three. Is it, you know, you go Bieber McKenzie, 
Bybee Allen. I don't care who starts game three. They have lots of options for game three if you get to the playoffs. So pitching is there. It's just, are they going to hit enough to get there? And I, I think right now for me, yes, the division's still winnable, thank God, because it's terrible. But I still want to see a longer stretch of sustained success. I want to see them running the base. Again, they had 11 steals in, in the month of May. 11 steals. They had 35 in April. You've got to run the bases more. I know that's a correlation of not getting on base, but when you are on base, you have to hit the pedal. But they're um, also just, I, I will stand by the fact that it feels like that they are hesitant out there and that they're not pushing it for whatever yeah, reason. They are not, yeah. even when they get on base, they're not pushing that. Yeah. So I, I just want, um, I just need to see it for a longer period of time. I'm not saying I'm not like in a good mood. They've won three out of four, especially with the Baltimore win. You know, I'm still skeptical because some of the hits they collected late in the game were bouncers and they found holes, which, you know, this is how that team played a year ago. They found, they had a lot of hits, they found holes and they ran the base as well. Even if they didn't, steal a base on Monday. At least they were aggressive when they had the chance to run the bases. I guess that's a positive step. So I will say these are positive steps, but I need to see a more sustained uh, sustained couple games of performance where things are trending back towards the 2022 direction before I'm really ready to declare that, it, you know, things are headed right in the right back direction. Yeah, it's, it's definitely got to be, like I said, I, I want to see a more complete approach because yeah. there was a lot of points throughout. Like we can even, you know, I had someone get mad at me because I, I thought it was really foolish, that whole situation where they put in Brennan late with the bases loaded. And, you know, yeah, again, all, all they, they got out of coach. Yeah, it's because how often this year have we seen this team like not have a guy up and then need to get a guy up and, you know, he's instead, not ready. Yeah. He's not ready. They, you know, Cleveland... It, First off, I don't like pitch hitting for Brennan there. One, because Brennan's a ground ball guy and he's technically been your worst hitter this year. I'd rather leave in the guy who's more likely. Zanino is either going to strike out or put the ball in the air. Right? right? So he is he is a better guy with the bases loaded. Oh, his last couple run. hits have been infield hits. <laughs> they were. But he also yeah. had two hits that game. Like, you know, it's like well, you, you one, leave him. They were infield hits. I know. But yeah, it, it, those probably don't happen with the bases loaded. But at the same time, like. I don't think you need to be the hyper aggressive one in that situation. I think you kind of set it up and then make that. And I know they end up getting the win anyways. So it's like going from a guy who's more of a fly ball profile to a ground ball profile. And then it was even more frustrating because we've seen them need to like, why haven't they done that slow play all year? It's like, I don't know if they knew to do that until that moment. And that's been kind of the problem. They just seem, they seem kind of asleep at the wheel of points in some of these decisions. And that's, that's a big concern. And you know, again, it's like why I understand everything else that's happened and they're not in on base as much, but they're not even trying to one stolen base attempt in four games. One in four. And, and against, Wilson Contreras is not a good defensive no. catcher. And like, remember, they just took him off the catching position because right. he's bad at handling a pitch. Right. Staff. Like, that's the guy you should have been running on. And I, I you know, I, again, I have to see the pitchers and see if they're, if they're doing a good job holding runners. But I don't know. Like we've said all year, you, it felt like these rules were designed to help Cleveland, and they and so far it hasn't. So, and yeah, I mean, they just my big concern is I, it. They've been for the most part unfundamentally uh, sound, yeah. and you know his. So he's got a 69th percentile on pop time, which is okay. I'd have to go and look at his his percentage, but Contreras, uh, yeah, terrible framing, but not even terrible 43 percentile. But, you know, he's he's not known as a defensive guy, and still, it doesn't... Well, if he got benched, 
you know, that's yeah, they need you need to go out and do something. And for a team again that is not sound that has all of its issues, but we're going to come back and talk about Ahmed if we have time. Uh, luckily, it's a little evergreen, so we can always roll it forward if we don't get to it today. Uh, but we definitely want to talk about this rotation in a moment on today's episode of Lockdown Guardians. All right. So you want and to make about- sure to check out all of the Guardians action on Sirius XM this week. Just type search Guardians uh, in your Sirius XM app and you can listen to all the games. Yep, Seven o'clock on Wednesday night on Tuesday night, I should say. There's only one one night game in this Baltimore series. They play a day game on Wednesday and they're off again. Uh, oh, and actually, and no, like not, they're off, not off Thursday. They played. The no, it's a full week. This is our only full week we got. And it's Ooh. like. Bieber versus Austin Voth, but I think Voth is a lefty, so maybe that'll be a little tricky. Is he right? So, like, and Voth's not good. Like, so the like the Guardians are set up to, and tomorrow is listen. Cal Cal Gibson's been okay this year, but he's not great. Like, this is actually I'm going to jinx the heck out of it. This is a a chance for the first sweep. Uh, Probably not. Like tomorrow's game should heavily favor Baltimore. I said that against the White Sox, and I was dead wrong. I I think tomorrow. I think tomorrow is a really bad matchup, personally. So I'm not going to say it's going to happen because I think tomorrow's is awful. But like they should take two out of three because Voth is not good. He's not. No. Um, Okay. So are you talking about the rotation? Yes, Logan Allen. By the way, uh, you know you talked about you didn't want to steal my thunder earlier. He has the highest strikeout rate of any pitcher on this team: nine point seven six strikeouts per nine. The next starter on this list, do you know who's number two amongst their starters? Bybee. Yeah, Bybee at, at 8.91. So nearly a whole strikeout more per nine for Allen, which is not what any of us expect. Like, think think to the end of last year when people were like, oh, he got murdered in, in AAA and he's not a top 10 guy. Like you, I And I was one of them. Like, in fairness, if I'm going to do my victory laps, I moved him out of my top 10 at the, at the end of the year. I did. I mean, before I did my final off-season thing and I went back and looked at everything, I moved him back in. He was eighth. But, um, you know, there were concerns and it looks kind of dumb right now, doesn't it? Uh, Don't overreact to a small sample size at a new level where the baseball is slippery. Like, when once we talked to Tanner Bybee on this very show, or no, it was Tim Heron on the show. We talked about how the baseball was more slippery. Uh, That was when I was like, oh, okay, interesting. And he has been great. Next guy up, like next starter, do you know who has the third highest strikeouts per nine among starting pitchers? Is it Hunter Gaddis? It is Peyton Batenfield. Oh, that's still not good. At 7.01. Then comes Shane Bieber at 6.21. Then Gaddis at 5.93. Then Plesak. Then Savale. Worst strikeout per nine, Cal Quantrell at barely over five. Um, he is not, not missing any bats at all. Um, okay, so... Aaron Savali is going to make his next start. He is lined up to pitch on, I believe, Sunday. No, he pitched on. He pitched Sunday, so he's lined to pitch Friday uh, yeah, right. this week. Coming because that's so, the Gaddis start, isn't it? Yeah, because he's perfectly you know, aligned with Gaddis. And again, I do want to take a moment to say, like, I'm going to interrupt again. Gaddis, Saturday, it's, Friday or Saturday. Gaddis, Gaddis. If you go look at his Savant, or you can look at some of my tweets from this weekend. He was, again, it was a solid start. It wasn't a great start, but he was solid. And it's, he used that slider more. His usage change has been huge for him. I'm not saying he is a starter for this team. I'm not saying he is anything more than sixth or seventh in line to be a starter. But he's a nice depth option who has two good starts in a row now with some of those 
But as, as Justin said in our text, he's probably a five and fly guy. But if you have that as a spot starter, as a depth arm, that's fantastic. As long as you play that the right way. Yeah. Yes. Yes. Yeah. You just, and he is, and he is going to be home run prone. He always is. So that's always yes. going to be an issue for him. But yeah, if he is your sixth starter, that's, that's fine. And really he's not their sixth starter because no, the way the rotation is looking, I don't know who is going to be their sixth starter. Like you got Bieber, you got Quantrill and you have Savali. And, well, Savali uh, comes back this week. I, I think he's going to go for Gaddis. So yeah, we'll start one of the, the, the twins games this weekend. I don't know. I have no idea which way they're they're leaning to do this. Uh, I, I continue to say, like, I think they should do a six man rotation. I know, I know your argument against it, but isn't like you know when you and I were discussing it, it's like even like Bieber is very strict about his rotation. He likes to go to fifth day, like yeah, he does. and you, Tito's watch He said it doesn't doesn't yeah. make sense. That's something so you not, have to do out of the gate. You can't do no. it midway through the year. No, Just say, hey, exactly. by the way. So I think it is a hundred percent. I think like if you look over at like roster reference, they've already lined it up for him to replace Bybee. And I think, listen, Bybee was the number one prospect. I love him to death. This is not anything other than the reason he gets sent down is one Logan Allen is their only lefty. Their only lefty is a starter. Gives them a different look at in that rotation Two, He is performing better. I mean, one can make a case. Logan Allen has been their best starter in May. Did you see uh, how well Bybee pitched on Saturday? No, I'm not. I mean, he had his best start of the year on Saturday. Both mm, of them had their best starts of their careers yeah. so far this, and, this Memorial Day weekend. If Logan Allen hadn't been left out the dry in his second to last start, he'd be what? Back something back like 14, right, you know, yeah. four, uh, 14 innings without giving up a run. Leads the team in strikeout rates, gives him another look. Bybee also has, I still say, the higher ceiling. There's some really terrible takes out there on Tanner Bybee. It's a great. It's a great check on like who isn't doing their research and spending their time. Who's uh, not watching games? The games, yeah. yes. Uh, with Bybee, where they talk about his secondaries aren't as good or that he just added velocity. It's like, no, he had a velocity like halfway through last year, if that, even earlier. He had a coming uh, season. He was, he had it. Yeah. I mean, he's been moving up. It's not like a sudden thing. So that's, that's all. Some I've seen some terrible takes. And, and I think so. One, Allen has been slightly better. Two, he's a lefty. I think three, Bybee maybe having that higher ceiling, you want to avoid the super two. So yeah. it's nothing other than that. It's in, here's the thing, honestly, like I was sitting there. Well, what do you do for McKenzie? Justin, well, McKenzie replaces uh, Bybee. Then you have, okay, yeah. Savali yeah, for Gaddis and McKenzie for Bybee. Wow. Yeah, Bybee. And then Bybee is down there until the Shane Bieber trade uh, comes together. Cause again, I think that sometime in, Early July, he is likely moving um, just because Max returns. And I don't personally see this offense doing anything that allows me to believe they're going to actually contend. Yeah, I, I don't want to When Justin's go... out, uh, I, I, let me know if you like this idea. I might do just a trade Shane Beater episode where I take all 30 teams and put them in tiers of likelihood of trade and then explain why some teams make no sense to what teams could actually make sense. Yeah, I don't, I don't want to get super negative and, and just toss the whole season after they've won three out of four Memorial Day weekend, they're two and a half out. Like, yeah, I don't know how I feel about the offense coming around either. I also, like, if they get back into it, I just, They're I don't know. game and a half behind the Tigers. I know, I know. But I'm not, right not going to jump back in right now. I'm, I know. As I'm cautiously right now, optimistic. Do you think that even if they are in, no, no, I was going to say, if they are, if they are this close, 
at the trading deadline if they have the same amount of games out. Then they'll write they, it out. They will not trade Bieber. No, they'll write it out, and then they'll they trade will. him in the offseason like they did with But I don't York. know what they do to go out and get a hitter that they need either. Like, <laughs> without trading I mean, Bieber, who do you trade? Like, you're not trading You're not trading Allen and Bidey because you're trading Bieber this winter. Well, if, if, July. if you get to July and you haven't needed to go get Bybee from the minors, that means Savale has pitched well, and maybe you're able so, to – you know, maybe you're able to flip him. Maybe you're looking at one of those. I could see them trying to move. But is he you know, bringing back a bat that this team really needs, Savali? I don't know. I, the only guy that's bringing back a hitter that you really need is Well, that, that's where you maybe get Bieber, lucky. And that's the thing where it's like maybe it's like, yes, my co-host is 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 all for training these guys. Maybe it's it's one of those things like the Mets where they have Benitos and Batty, and maybe it is a Savale plus a reliever. Maybe it's Savale. I don't think 99 has much trade value, so let's just stop right there, people. But maybe it's something like Savale and Sandlin. I like, I like Sandlin, but like you got to trade something to get something. But if you trade like Savale and Sandlin for a Vinitos or a Batty, maybe it's something like that. But it'd probably be a two-parter. I don't, I don't see how Cody Morris is still a little bit away. So here, real quick, we're going to get to yes. the Ahmed thing on on Wednesday. This Ahmed. Stat that wasn't good because you know we didn't have time. Yeah, it's, today. it's just about as bad as it gets. We keep it, does, it is about as bad. Every, as it every gets. article about why Trey Turner is Trey Turner is stinking has a hidden nugget on why Ahmed is terrible. This year. <laughs> um, but Cody Morris, they're going to build him up to three innings and they're going to see what to do from there. My guess is he's going to be a reliever. I don't I don't see how they're going to move him in any other direction besides being in the bullpen. But like, does not that could take? He's only pitched one uh, one in the third inning so far. That could take a couple more weeks. I don't see 99 Savali on this roster until then. And he's the worst reliever right now, right? Is there any debate on that? No, it, he's bad. And Class A has been weird. I'm not. Class A is not, their number, is their second worst reliever. I know. Right and now. I'm not concerned about him at all, to tell you the truth. I think it's just been very weird. He'll figure it out. But like, they need five starters. I don't know. I, I feel like they should go i still think they should go with 6 i don't know cuz you can't people are going to say oh they moved cal to the bullpen they're not moving i don't think they're moving cal no. to the bullpen because it doesn't he hasn't been bad his stuff doesn't translate and like you he just was got fine like when he was a reliever that one year yeah, but, but it's it guys don't like that piss him you're, off. right you're going to yeah, piss yeah. Him off. you're 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 messing with his livelihood you're ma- making it so he'll earn less in arbitration and have less opportunity like Guys don't respond well to that. You you kind of can't and do that. If stuff. something happens and you got to bring Cal back into the rotation, then you got to build him back up, and that could hurt his arm. Like when you do yeah. that kind of stuff too. So I don't I don't think that is going to be in the cards for them either. But I don't know how they handle this right now. Like it's you know, somebody good is going to get sent down, and then I don't know. Like say I. I I don't know. There's no easy there's no easy option here. Like because the best option is honestly to trade. Bieber for hitting help find a team that has that you know if it's the Rays if it's the the Mets if it's it would just be so wild though if you're talking them being in if they're in if they're in contention for the division you trade Bieber and you're asking Tristan McKenzie and a bunch of kids to go out there and be rotation stalwarts going into the playoffs like and McKenzie wasn't great last year in the postseason like he had one good start one bad start right yeah he was bad against against New York yeah, you can go and send. You can maybe rotate Bybee and Allen being in AAA, so they can go down and pitch, and maybe you can cap them at like sixty or seventy pitches one game just to kind yeah. of limit their workload. Um, I don't know. We've gone too long. We've got yeah. stuff to get to tomorrow, and 
my head. There's no, there's no easy. Thing. Basically, the long short is there's no easy choice here. There's no easy option. I know people are like, no, let's get rid of the bad guys. It's like, well, they're your vets, and like, that's that whole part that isn't like I love OTP, I love MLB the show, but this isn't the show. You have to deal with people, and people are are not just guys you can jerk around. And Cal's and move been up fine. Now. Like Cal's been bad. He's been no. fine, and he's got he's been getting better as the season has gone along too. So. Well, but, that should about do it. <laughs> yep, that does it. Uh, so much for trying to keep it short. We, we had some good short ones last week outside of Friday. Uh, but let us know if you enjoyed the long episode. Our downloads were light this week, according to Chartable. So make sure you are downloading every day, doing your part, being an everydayer here on the show. Um, you know, I we we have our everyday commenters. I, I was doing comments. B. Skrills, Caleb, Moving Target. These are the people I see every day. Jake D., uh, you know, thank you to all of you everydayers and go, go guardians, go.